0: वाक्य
1: वाक्य करो नहीं तो फिर अगर फिर अगर 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 namashish shyamana maapi satri putraam maatras roopam mātadim tu radha kundam gidivaram maho radhik madhav sham praaptho yashya pradithha gurum VAM CHA KALPATHARU VYAS CHA KRIPAS SINDU VE VACHAM NAMAH NIKILA SHRUTI MOLI RAT NIRAJITA PHADAPANKA Aji muktakulai rupas shamanam harinam sansrayami. Anare pitacherim chida karunayabatirna kalahum. Samar kadamba Sadhadidai Kandareshpurato Vasachinandana vasatanandana Vajo Kanaka Vadato Kamalaya Daksho Vishwambaro Dijaburo Jugadharma Palo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunavataro Ladini Shakti Swarupaya Gauranga Suridayacha Bhakta Shakti Pradhanaya Gadadharanamastati He Krishna Karuna Sindhodhi Nabando Jagadpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Radha Radhe Brindavanadishe Karunam Britavahini Kripaya Nijabhadabjadasyan Mayam Pradiyatam Bhaktyabhina Aparathalakshai Kripta Shakamadhi Kripa Maithvam Sharanam prapanam brindemaste charanaravindan Maste charanaravandam shri sachinandan gaur hari ki jai shri hari naam prabhu Jasri jai shri shri guruvada darji ki jai, shri shri radha jai Ananda Dham ki jaya, Gaur Bhaktarindu ki jaya, Gaur Primal. Primal Krishna Chanda Prabhu ki jaya. So someone will be translating. Yes, yeah, same thing. Okay. You tell me if I'm going too fast. Yes. I'm going too fast. <laughs> no! <laughs> okay. That was fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I just
2: want to translate the Sanskrit verses or
1: the names. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll try to be simple in that sense also. So, pronounce all of you again. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for receiving me once again, for, for giving me for my last visit and giving me a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought I was going to be deported from yeah. Switzerland from my last visit here but somehow or other the mercy of the Vaishnav is costless. so you translate simultaneously right? yeah yeah but they
2: understand ok 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 ok, okay, okay
1: no problem so yeah here I am again at the feet of Shigur Govinda, at the feet of all of you Krishananda Prabhu, thank, thank you. you so much. You. And yes, this beautiful place in the the Alps is kind of a very like an invisible magnet, though many people may not know. All this, all of you are here. There's some attractive power, hmm? Akarshana Shakti, <laughs> that somehow is bringing us together and so many others, and even creating such a healing waves through the whole of the Alps, Switzerland, Europe, planet Earth, and beyond. <laughs> so, so I'm honored to be in such a, a thick, powerful center of spiritual energy, which all of you are making, of course. All of you will disappear from here. Ananda dam. There's no more Ananda, basically. No? So you are the Anandis who create Ananda here in the dam. So, yeah. So. So with last year, as you may, for those who of you who are here, we we had a series of lectures mostly connected to one main theme, which was the Brahma Vimohan Lila, or the Brahma Stuti, more specifically the prayers of Rama after his bimohan, or bewilderment. Uh, but to this time, this and visit... Ashtakali Lila. Also? Yeah, from wow. the perspective of Sakya Bhav. I have I'm such a day. bad memory. I forgot that. In the evening. Oh, okay, yeah. we have morning sessions and evening sessions in that direction. Okay. So this time we will... Turn a little bit in other in another direction since not only as Krishna Chandra Prabhu mentioned, we will have Sri Radhashtami in two days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but also we'll be having many other festivals mm-hmm. after Sri Radastami, like appearance day of Thakur Bhaktvinod, Day Antiro Bab of Haridas Thakur, Jiva Goswami, so on and so forth. So so we have decided we will also spend dedicate time for each day for those particular katas or conversations. And also we'll have a few sessions on, of q and like inviting all of you to questions and answers, whatever you may like to to share during these days. <clears throat> uh, but today being the first meeting, uh, I'm supposed to be traveling and Promoting my recent book, although I'm not so good for promotion, so sometimes I forget. But anyhow, I'll be sharing a few words today about the book that I I published a few months ago. I have one. Krishna Chandra gave me a copy of it. He distributed my own book to me. That's interesting. <laughs> this book, radical radical personalism. So. So today I would like to share a few words about the book in connection to to Sri Radha, in connection to, to Sri Radha like also trying to build up to the celebration, because generally when we have a very important Mahotsav festival in our tradition, uh, it's not that, okay, let's only talk about that on that day. Yeah. Not many, many parts of our tradition, there's a building up. So if you have Nima, sometimes there will be kata for one week before, or one month before, one, one month life, after one
0: life before one life before <laughs> hopefully
1: and if not this lifetime at least because again yeah the nature of these topics is ananta ananta katara sasya says ananta so talks about Bhagavan are unlimited ananta uh, so we cannot just limit okay let's talk about srirada once in a year uh, that sounds kind of an insult basically <laughs> the unlimited nature of the topic. And even if we will say, okay, let's talk about it every day of the remaining of our lives, that's still... Introduction. Yeah, we are built, warming up, as they say. You know, we are preparing the heart for something that has no end. As I like to say, the main reason for having a Nitya Navadvip or for having an eternal... Realm where Mahaprabhu, as Krishna's Mahaprabhu, is tasting Radha Bhav, the mood, the heart of Radha. The main reason will be that the nature of Radha's heart is bottomless ocean. So it's not that there is a point where you can know it all about her, experience all about her, not even for Bhagavan, what is picked for us. <laughs> so Bhagavan, as Krish, as Mahaprabhu, he's making this point. You know? In now that he's relishing. Exploring what does it mean to experience the heart of Radha forever, mm-hmm. and the more he experiences, the more he realizes this has no end. Mm-hmm. As we were talking a little bit yesterday, that's the divine dissatisfaction that comes from divine love. Mm-hmm. The more you go deep, the more the more there is to to honor. Yeah.
0: Can I just maybe not everyone caught this point?
1: Just you please interrupt me all the times you need. Das
0: ist so, etwas ganz schön. Er hat gerade gesprochen, warum es ein ewiges Navadip gibt oder geben muss. Weil Krishna sieht, wie wunderbar es ist, wie Radhika liebt, was für eine Freude sie Aber Er möchte das kosten und Yoga Maya macht Navadip down. Aber weil das Herz von Radharani, wie er sagt, unbegrenzt tief ist. Because there's some persons they cannot accept Nitya mm. Navadvip.
1: Yeah, I've written I have this, read... this,
0: this argumentation
1: is so wonderful. Okay, because but the heart of Radhika is limitless. Mm. But for those who need more argumentation to be convinced about that, you let me know. I wrote a series of three articles about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had an interaction with one of the Gaudiya Vaishnavs who, who do not accept that, but we have a friendly conversation, and each, each other ended up in their own conviction, but loving each other, appreciating each other, but there are many points. It's not today's topic. If you want, we can talk some other day, but there are many ways we can understand by logic, by common sense, by Shastra that... There is a need mm-hmm. <clears> and <throat> So, so today's topic will be in, a little bit in connection to radical personalism in, in relation to the figure of Sri Radha. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes I like to call this book radical, like you like this with see, or you already imagine what counts now: no? radical, radical. No? or radical personalism. Srimati Radical Personalism, <laughs> or Radical Personalism. So, but before reaching that point, why, why this book is called like that? Um, well, our, our tradition, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, is a personalist tradition. We are personalists. Sometimes you have heard the word impersonalist, and of course you have the, word, the idea of personalism and impersonalism so for me radical personalism is another way of saying go the mm-hmm. we worship god we we want to establish a personal connection with him and radical because sometimes for some people ra- the word radical is seems something like negative or like extreme, like, like you are about to burn everything or something like that no? they are radical no? like ultra anarchists or something to that effect But the word radical means something to its very root. It comes from the Latin radix. Radix means root. So something that goes to the root of whatever, it's radical. So you can have radical also compassion, (laughs) radical love, radical acceptance, radical openness. I hope it doesn't sound like something bad for you, all those expressions, no? Radical empathy radical sorry radical mercy radical mercy i mean that's what Mahaprabhu is about Mm -hmm. so the word radical means something to its very essence as much as it can so so for me radical personalism is kind of an exploration of what does it mean to be a personalist what does it mean to be a person we are persons that's a very interesting idea sometimes we we take it for granted. We take our individuality for granted. Yeah, I'm a person. I'm an individual. But how much of a person we are, how much of an individual we are, how much we are persons that do not explore their personhood too much. Because you can be an individual, but you are not exercising your individuality too much. In that sense, we can be pretty impersonal. even in the name of personalism. And I've seen that a lot. (laughs) And that can be especially dangerous if you have a, a philosophy that officially is personalist, like ours, but you can misrepresent that in a very impersonal way. We can treat each other in a very impersonal way sometimes, in terms of communication, in terms of empathy, in terms of hearing each other, in terms of putting ourselves on the side of the other person, mm. if we are not willing to do that mm. exercise, how much we are connecting with each other. Mm. Mm. And again, our, our deity is Mahaprabhu, the deity of our sampradaya, And he is the ultimate empathic person because again, he's Krishna, empathizing with Radha's heart, entering in, in that he's willing to step into her shoes, so to say. So if our deity is so empathic, the followers of the deity should show something similar also. So so there are, again, many reasons why this inspiration to write this book came. It was not in my plan to write this book, actually. (laughs) So that's also for me even more telling, so to say. When a book comes without you planning to do so, okay, that's, that's not my book then. That's humbling. I'm I'm trying just to be an instrument. I I always like to say that generally people write the book and they think, okay, I am writing the book for other people. But my experience here is someone else somehow is writing the book for me. I have to put my name there because it's if, if not if i put no actually i didn't write the book it was it may be a little difficult to, to understand yeah, from beyond, yeah yeah <laughs> but, but yeah krishna's mercy is very powerful and even if one is totally conditioned and presenting so many obstacles god's mercy is more powerful as i like to say god's mercy is more powerful than all our anartas put together <laughs> That's important to remember because many times we forget and we give more power to our own anartas and to call God other's mercy. No? And we even pray and go to, no, I have so many anartas and I have all these. So, so you are not capable of doing miracles in me because I have so many anartas. <laughs> and at the end of the day, our anartas remain in the center, not God's mercy. <laughs> so anyhow... For me, writing this book was very humbling because it's, again, instead of me writing the book, I I was being written myself, so to say. (laughs) So, so in this book, as I mentioned, I try to explore the idea of what does it mean to be a person, uh, and how much of a person we can become, because we are someone... But we have a potential to become some something else, someone else, so much more. Mm-hmm. I always recall uh, Albert Einstein. He will say, whenever we analyze anything, we have to take into consideration what that thing is or that person is, and its potential.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is this is it. But it, this is all that it, that thing can become, also. So we are Tatastha shakti, we are souls, but we have a potential to become so many things, especially in connection to bhakti. So for me, the book is an exploration of the limits of personhood. Of course, there are no limits, but how much of a person we can be, what's the soul, what does it mean to be an individual? Uh, <clears throat> I always like when Krishna says in the Gita, after so many verses in the second chapter, where he's saying what what the soul is not. Mm-hmm. He's called he's talking in what Christians call via negativa," which means you are not this, you are not that. The soul cannot be burned. As Krishna Chandra told me today in the morning, when I told him I'm going to the bathroom, I said the soul cannot be get wet because it was raining so much. No? <laughs> so that was some. Um, Okay. <laughs> and I experienced that yesterday when we were coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm getting wet, the body, but the soul is still dry. It's okay. <laughs> so, Krishna is saying so many things. They're in ter- negative terms. What we are not. What we are not. Because, of course, when we try to describe something like the soul, you tend to describe anything by comparing it with something else. If I talk to you about a Imagine it's the first time you come here, you don't know anything about this tradition, and I say the word mridanga. And I don't think you will know what's a mridanga, unless you have very powerful samskar from a previous life in Bengal or something, <laughs> that get triggered in that moment. <laughs> but in general, it's like, you will ask what's a mridanga. And I have to immediately bring some point of reference. Some comp- I will say it's a drum. So hopefully you have you know what's a drum no? because if not you will ask me what's a drum and they will go into infinite regress. <laughs> so I have to compare it with something so you have an idea. So Krishna is speaking in the Gita, okay, what's the soul? But the point is in this world there's nothing that can be compared to the soul. So so he's like, okay, what to say about the soul? So he starts to say what the soul is not. No? So again, it cannot be killed. It cannot be burned. It cannot get wet. It cannot be dried. Not, 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 not negative. And at some point of his presentation, where he reaches the point, okay, let's see, let's say something positive about the soul. There's this famous verse in the in the second chapter in which Krishna uses the word ascharya, ascharya about three times. No, so basically, I like to say like. When he has to say something positive about the soul, it's like, about, about, about. No? which means a word that I also hear from Krishna Chandra many times. And like, it's like, wonderful. I cannot say it like he says it, but wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So basically Krishna is repeating that word three times, no? like telling each of us, you are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful basically he doesn't say anything else. He's like, he passes out after like contemplating what does it mean to be a soul? What does it mean to be an individual? What does it mean to be a person? What I'm talking here, radically person is Christian. CLA. Oh my gosh, wonderful, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful. <laughs> no? Because remember, no God is seeing us in a much clearer way that how we are seeing ourselves. Generally, we see ourselves and we generally don't say wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> no. We are not too aware of who we actually are and which is our beautiful, brightest potential. So generally, we say awful, terrible, pathetic, that type of line many times. And we over-identify with those designations and we bring the whip and we start the the ritual, so to say, <laughs> of self loading. But <clears throat> if we properly understand who we are <clears throat> and which is our potential under the shelter of Bhakti, then those words will come gradually. No? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. We will be overwhelmed with tamadkar, with his mm-hmm. astonishment. No? In our tradition, it is said, Rasas are chamatkar. The essence of Rasa is chamatkar, astonishment. So we can also be astonished at who we are, not out of pride, because we didn't made, make ourselves. It's not like I'm my own creation, so I'm so proud of how beautifully I carved myself out. It's not like that. <laughs> no? But Krishna considered that we are worthy of existing. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we are here. No? For some reason, we exist. And and if he considers that, means there is something beautiful and good and wonderful in that, that our goal of life is to discover that, basically. To discover who we are means to, be, to discover which is our most beautiful, wonderful potential in relation to him. Mm-hmm. That's a tato brahma jignasi, ultimately, the implications. Brahma is who is Brahma, who is the absolute, but who I, am I in connection to him. <laughs> it's not just like some intellectual research, who is the absolute, but <clears throat> who am I in, in the process of discovering who he is? I realize, who am I? Mm-hmm. And, and we have to be open to accept that we are way more than what we think we are. Mm-hmm. Because on a daily basis, we have some preconceived notion of who we are. I and mean, we need to have some idea of who we are. The, the point is that many times it's not a very accurate idea. Or, or, or sometimes in general it's very... Huh? Limiting. Limiting. Limited and limiting. Because if you have a very limited idea on yourself, probably you will project that on others also. If you think I am this... Probably you will relate to others in the same way. <laughs> so you can imagine how suffocating will be those interactions you know, if we relate from this perspective to each other. You know? mm-hmm. Well, actually, we will be—we are as chariots. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not the same opening a door that looking through the keyhole. You know? So generally, we look at ourselves like through, through the keyhole. This is who am I? This is who everyone else is. Mm-hmm. Krishna says, Open the Acharya door <laughs> and re- realize who you are, all that you can be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, basically, my book is an exploration into that, into who we are, what's all that we can be, and um, in connection to the divine, and how this is never a thing that we can like finish. No, it's not that okay, this is all that we can be, and there's no nothing else beyond that. Mm -hmm. That's not the nature of the absolute. The next the nature of transcendence is constantly Mm -hmm. expanding. Like Krishna Daska Virash Goswami, he says in Chaitanya Charitamrita very poetically. Mm -hmm. He's speaking about the beauty of Krishna and the love of the Raja Gopikas. So he will say. The more, I mean, Krishna's beauty is increasing at every moment. He's known as Krishna. Krishna means the all-attractive. So all-attractive doesn't mean he's all-attractive, but he cannot get more attractive. No, he gets more attractive at every nanosecond. <laughs> he cannot help but becoming more attractive. It's out of his control. Like, so the more he becomes more attractive, the more he becomes Krishna, because Krishna means all attractive. So Krishna becomes more attractive means Krishna becomes more Krishna, because Krishna means all attractive. Krishna becomes Krishnaized more and more. It's the self-realization of Krishna. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) And it's an ongoing project. It never reaches an end, basically. So the more he becomes all attractive, the more the gopis increase their loving dedication towards him. Because they are serving Krishna's beauty. They are not like consuming his beauty. They are not like exploiting the beauty. They are giving themselves to that beauty. So the more Krishna's beauty increases, the more the gopi's dedication increases. But the more the gopi's dedication increases, the more Krishna's beauty increases. Because he witnesses their loving dedication and he becomes more beautiful or we could even say he becomes more beautiful because of the dedication that he's received, because the love he receives, he becomes who he is. No? That's another way of putting it. It's poetic, but it's that's how the ultimate reality operates in terms of poetry. That's in Bengali. You say you couldn't translate Sanskrit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. So Chaitanya Tirthamrita says the ultimate reality can only be spoken in terms of poetry. When we reach the the, the point of rasa poetry is the only language possible. So so in, in poetic terms we could say Krishna's Krishna's form and beauty is a, a result of the love of his devotees. The love of his devotees make Krishna adopt that unique form. Because if you bring the love of other devotees, if you bring a Hanuman, Hanuman Prem, Krishna won't be the result of Hanuman's Prem, will be Ramachandra. If you follow. So it, the form of the Absolute is, poetically speaking, is being carved out of the love of his devotees. So so Krishna das Viraj is saying this, Krishna is saying, The more Krishna's beauty increases, the more the gopis' dedication increases. The more the gopis' dedication increases, the more Krishna's beauty increases. And their gopis' dedication... And the two of them engage in a competition (laughs) in which none of the two accept defeat. (laughs) And that has no end. So Krishna is always becoming more beautiful. The gopis and, and everyone else's love is increasing without end. And that has no end. Now we are invited to enter into that world. So yeah. we have to be very careful not to think, okay, I reached Golak Vrindavan and that's it. No, I had Prem, I reached Prem, there's no further development. It's not like that. It's constantly, ever new. Harikata mm. is ever new. Navam, Navam, Ruchiram says, devout and always new. And, of course, for entering a place where everything is always new, we have to be willing to constantly change and be transformed and adapt. <laughs> and all that begins here. <laughs> and on the dam, September 21st, 2023, Switzerland, planet Earth. It begins right now, right here. So if we are not willing to change and adapt... We won't reach that place in which everything is changing and adapted at every moment. It will be too much for us. We will be tortured to be sent to that place. It will feel like hell. <laughs> of course, we will never reach that. It's not that I will be there. And why you sent me here? No, You will not get there. So I think it's important to make this correlation. We have this goal. We have a certain goal in our tradition, certain sadhya. And that goal has a certain nature, certain dynamics. Things happen in a certain way there. But the point is, where I am now, how much I am gradually getting close to how things are operating in the spiritual world. Because if in the spiritual world, everything is new and transforming. And here, as a sadhaka, as a practitioner, I'm in total denial of changing and transformation. Do you think that will take you closer to Golovkin (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So so the uh, the actual way to reach the spiritual world is to gradually get closer and closer to it here. It's not that I leave my body mm-hmm. and I'm in totally different symptoms, sim, situation but suddenly I'm transferring to Goloka Vrindavan. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So for me the book radical personalism has to do with that like sharing some some reflections, some meditations on different topics about how we can, as a sadaka nowadays, conduct ourselves in practice in a way that our goal, the nature of our goal becomes more part of our daily life, right. not so much like here I am practi- practicing and there's the goal completely different or something, no. but trying to understand the goal in one sense is here and now if I am properly aligned with reality. It's not in some future time, in some distant land. <laughs> it's a state of consciousness. And Sri Siddhar Maharaj will say, Brindavan is a state of consciousness. So we can access that state of consciousness gradually from where we are. I mean, if we don't start to get closer there from where we are, we will not get there at all. <laughs> it all begins... Here and of course, when we say it all begins here, someone may say, "But Maharaj, here—I mean, it's my situation at present is not very Goloka-like. No, it's embarrassing. It's a mess. It's limited. Again, it's not as Chariabad. I've not seen the Chariabad, the wonderful stuff here. <laughs> but the point is, it doesn't matter. You have to begin from whatever you are and deal with whatever, you need to deal as part of our humanity that's a point that also I make try to make in my book the, the role of humanity in spirituality no? and how I will talk one other day more in detail but practicing bhakti doesn't mean stopping being human on the contrary no? because our goal is Nara Lila where the divine is fully human and fully divine. So if you want to enter, again, a land that is fully human, fully divine, well, you are invited to be fully human, fully divine yourself. (laughs) And that begins here and now. (laughs) What we are doing with our humanity and how can we integrate our humanity in the spiritual project. Not seeing humanity and spirituality as opposites. Not thinking that becoming transcendental means to reject everything. There's nothing to reject. Well, there's only one thing to reject as once well one the asks Srila Prabhupada. He approached Prabhupada and said, Prabhupada, disciple, I'm willing to reject everything for your sake, for your service. Srila <laughs> Prabhupada replied, the only need that you need to reject the only thing that you need to reject is the idea that you need to reject anything, something. Oh. <laughs> That's the only thing you need to reject. The idea that I have to reject. There's nothing to reject. Everything can be accepted in service of Bhagavan. That Yupta Vairagya. Everything is a Shakti of Shakti Man, an energy of the energetic. So we only need to re- Like the GPSA, recalibrating. (laughs) We need to recalibrate our vision so we can engage with everything from the proper place. So so in connection, this is a little bit an introduction to the main content of the question for that? Or yes, no, no, no. Right now. You have a question? Yes. Yes, please. What
0: what do you see? Um, as a reason why most persons are not fascinating by the idea of being eternally a person, and more and more stepping out, more most people have a, a preference to somehow not be eternally a person. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as a reason for that impetus? Mm.
1: First thing that comes to mind will be, as I mentioned, if you're eternally a person, it's challenging. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's challenging. And most of us are not very much trained into challenge. (laughs) Whenever it comes to challenge, we feel like, another one. Oh, what to speak if I say challenge for eternity? It's like no, thank you. <laughs> no. I pick, I choose Brahma Sayuja I go to Brahman. That's it. No. Holiday from challenges. It's okay. <laughs> but again, the point is that we have a wrong understanding of all these words. When you hear challenge, it's like oof, I don't like it. Why you don't like? The question is why we don't like challenges. And some as we talk these days in France. Oh, because that's difficult, unless we talked today. Okay, and what's the problem with the word difficult? I prefer things easy. And actually... But sometimes we don't know what we say, actually, because sometimes we think, oh, I would like everything to be easy. But if everything will be easy, always, we'll go crazy. It will be so boring <laughs> <I don't... laughs> So we will enjoy it a few days. But after that, it's like, please, Krishna, we will pray like, Kunti Devi, <laughs> send me some difficulties, please send me some problems. I need some excitement, some <laughs> dynamics in my life. <laughs> There's too much in order. Everything is in place. So I think some people, is most people, are not very attracted, as you mentioned, to the idea of eternal personhood. Because to be eternal, the nature of eternity, maybe if, even if they do not know that consciously, but maybe unconsciously, they intuit this. The nature of eternity is ever evolving, ever unfolding. So it, it, the nature of love. Because for us, eternity is love. Also, it's not just eternity. That's another point. No, In our tradition, it's not, okay, you have mere eternity. No? If you want to speak in terms of sati-dananda, so... Srila Maharaj will say you have sat eternal existence but what's the purpose of existing eternally if there is no cheat if you are not conscious of your eternal existence what I mean would you like to exist eternally without being conscious doesn't sound so appealing and then he says but what's the purpose of eternal existing in a conscious way if there is no ananda if there is no love let's say so, the ultimate implications of eternity is eternal love. But as we were talking yesterday briefly, love is demanding. I mean, love is the most beautiful thing, but requires demands, constant change and adaptation. No, Sri Rupa Goswami, Pat says in in, the Ujjval, in his Ujjval Nilamani. So he says, Love moves like a snake, which means in a crooked way, like zigzag. Love doesn't move like this, like you can predict. Oh, love is coming my way. I'm here. So I will, I will walk and cross Oh, There we are. <laughs> it's not predictable. So that's uncomfortable for us. No? Imagine if I... Okay, let's go to a journey which will be totally unpredictable. Most of us like start to feel like I want some control of the situation. I don't feel comfortable with unpredictability. But that's the nature of love. Love is in control, not us. <laughs> and of course, it's in control in a very sweet way. No? So we shouldn't be afraid. It's not like a... Monster that is will be devouring us is the most beautiful thing. But the price for contacting the most beautiful thing is you have to give up all control. You have to accept I will be fully controlled by that higher force. And that's okay. I mean, we, I think we even have some experience of that on some level in this world when there's proper love and affection and trust. There's no problem being controlled. Like, mother is controlled by the child's, and the child is controlled by the mother's affection, and the two of them are controlled by each other, and it's okay. <laughs> but somehow we grew and we developed this idea that it's not good to be controlled, so I have to control. Uh, and that's, of course, a big cause of our anxiety, and probably one main reason why we don't like to be eternally a person, because eternally a person means eternally a lover. In our tradition especially, eternally a lover means eternally swimming unpredictable waters. <laughs> and we may get nervous about that. <laughs> we want some predictability. But we know Krishna is totally unpredictable. As we know Rasa Lila, he plays the flute. You know, and Gopi is like, Suddenly hear the flute, they don't have a second thought, they don't have even a first thought. <laughs> they just run whenever the flute is sounding, and it will always sound from different places. It's not that it's predictable. Okay, meet Krishna. No, it's not that he will send a WhatsApp to the gopis, meet you at 12 midnight under this particular Kalpa Briksha. It's like they will go there and then the flu will sound there and then the flu will sound there and then they will arrive as the Bible, and say, Krishna will say, what are you doing here? No, oh, Better go back home. It's too late. That's unpredictable. <laughs> they went through so many obstacles to find a rich kid and he's inviting them to, to return. And of course, as we know, they start debating him and they defeat Krishna in debate. Pranayagita. <laughs> And the first edition of the Rasa Lila begins. But then again, Krishna disappears. Again, unpredictable. So I'm giving some examples of how it's not that he's bipolar or dysfunctional. <laughs> it's just the nature of love. So so it's important that we as sadhakas gradually get acquainted with what does it mean to live a life of love? In practice, What, which will be the dynamics? So we don't develop a a wrong idea in our own minds. Okay, law will mean this. (laughs) We are just projecting our own fears or, or control mechanisms and try to even manipulate Krishna. So anyhow, that's what came first to my mind, why maybe we may not be very thrilled with the idea of being eternally a person. And of course, other thing will be that many people is so frustrated with their own experience as a person now as a condition, being that they think they project that to eternity and say, No, no, I don't want that. Thank you. <laughs> no, if being a person is so painful, they will conclude, then to be happy means to stop being a person. They made this type of logic and they point to that. Hmm? You're raising your hand. Yes, I have half a
2: question. Um, I try to put it to ask in English. Yes, maybe I have to switch them later on. No problem. Let's see. Um, you said being a person, um, you, you said our problem is that we want to have everything under control, isn't mm. it? So that's kind of what blocks this love. Mm. And but for me, a sign of a person is that she can have something under control. Mm-hmm. For me, being a person means uh, a, a personality. A characteristic of a personality is she has something under control but now you say we have to accept that we are a person um but we also have to accept that we, that we have nothing under control because if we wouldn't then we wouldn't um be able to love and you see my dilemma yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. When, wenn es heißt, dass man eine ähm, Persönlichkeit ist. Also wir leiden darunter, dass wir alles unter Kontrolle haben möchten. Und, ähm, aber, und wir leiden darunter, dass wir nicht ähm, eine ewige Persönlichkeit sein möchten, eigentlich. Aber für mich ist etwas unter Kontrolle haben und eine Persönlichkeit sein, das ist wie, das ist das Kennzeichen von einer Person, dass sie etwas unter Kontrolle hat. Also jetzt müsste ich eine ewige Persönlichkeit sein, die nichts unter Kontrolle hat, aber Person und Kontrolle gehört für oh, mich yeah. zusammen. Äh, wie, ja, wie könnte man das jetzt lösen? Uh, so, I, you meant? Did I ask the question in English yeah. kind of like this? Yeah. Was it understandable? Yeah. Okay.
1: So you mentioned for you to be a person means to have something under control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you say that I mentioned that our problem is that we want to have everything under control. Mm-hmm. So everything and something is not the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's basically my answer. <laughs> you see the difference? Yes. I agree with you. Of course, if we, I mean, if we wake up and nothing is under control, it's chaos. It's like we cannot move. It's like too much. No? I also speak in my book in one section on chaos and order. And we have to learn to balance the two of, the, of them. We need chaos also. Chaos is not necessarily something bad. By, and I will explain. Order means everything is in place. Everything is predictable. No? I, wake, I wake up and I know... Where I am, <laughs> I know where to go, where's the bathroom? I know okay, I can have a roof where to sleep, I know there will be breakfast today. There are some certainties that allow ourselves to be uh, balanced. But if we want, want everything to be everything to be certain, if we want everything to be predictable, that becomes suffocating. If we are not if we are not willing to. Go beyond our comfort zone if we are not willing to explore in the unknown, so to say. There are many things we don't know. And many times we, we generally tend to stay with the things we know, with the things that are like familiar to us. And on some level, that's okay. But too much of that is not okay. <laughs> you follow? So, or, this is this this what I mean by chaos and order. Chaos is what lies outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> What's out of my control? What I don't know. Order means everything predictable. Not everything, but some things. So we need to balance the two. In re- another way of talking that is control out of control, mm-hmm. so to say. No? Some things are under my control. Mm-hmm. I know this will happen like this. like. That. But there are some things that are beyond my control, and I need to... Expose myself to that also. No? On some level. On some level. And my point was that when we enter into a and relationship with Krishna, there are many things that we cannot control. It's not that I can just like tell Krishna what to do and expect everything to, in that sense, I mean there is so much out of our control. But it's not that we have no will, we have no I mean, technically speaking, if we enter that space, Krishna will be under our, our, under our control. <laughs> Krishna says that in the Bhagavatam, <laughs> Those first two lines in this case. Thank you. So he's saying, "I am I am under the control of my devotees." It's not that we serve Krishna so we control him. It's, that's not our motivation. Okay, I will practice bhakti so I control God, but that's how love operates whomever loves I mean actually he's controlled by love and we are controlled by love. love is controlling everything mm-hmm. so so I agree with your point I mean being a person requires having some agency, some will you take decisions you can we need a staticus to control certain things to control our mind to begin with. Which of course has to do also with Krishna's grace. It's not just like a full independent control we have. Like Krishna says in the Gita, the factors of any action are many. It's not just me. No, a certain environment and this the field of action and is Krishna Himself, different influences. Mm-hmm. So we are interrelated beings. It's not just I do I control. Are, you want to say something, Krishna? No question. Oh, a question. Okay. So, yeah, but going back to my first part, it was between something and everything, no? <laughs> something and everything. But
2: Paramatma controls everything, I
1: thought. Mm-hmm.
2: Isn't it that Paramatma controls everything I cannot control? Is This a misunderstanding.
1: That Paramatma controls everything. Everything,
2: everything. I cannot even move the finger.
1: I mean, Krishna. He, he, Krishna himself is also called like Maheshwar, Sarva Lok Maheshwaram. Krishna himself, many names for God being the supreme controller. But we need to understand how that, what that means, because if we take that too extreme, we have no free will. You follow my point? If you say He controls everything, then I go and kill everyone. You're robot. Right, What's Krishna? It's not me. I'm an automaton, so to say. No. So, and that's not the case, of course. I'm not proposing that you become serial killers and then blame Krishna for that. No. So Krishna is the supreme controller in the sense that he's the master of everything, he's the source of all energies, everything is in his service, he's the center of all. But in the context of that, he's giving free will, in the context of that, he's allowing himself to be controlled by love. Mm-hmm. While remaining, on some level, universal controller in terms of cosmic affairs and dynamics, but but he's giving us free will. Well, I think that's important. Of course, of course, free will doesn't mean how free is my will. That's another question. No? <laughs> we are going to other topics here, but because it's not that I can do whatever I want, at least in my present condition. In Vedanta Sutra to say that when a, when someone becomes. A mukta or a liberated being and we already talked about that yesterday a little bit but <laughs> my point is an enlightened being becomes satya sankalpa says vedanta sutra which means whatever he or she wishes it happens but of course they will wish something in a particular direction you know? <laughs> and that will happen because krishna will be there to please that desire anyhow we are going to an ocean of topics that's, that's <laughs> nice yeah. Just um you
0: described, I want to go back the main aspect of being personal is this adhrood this astonishment hmm. as Charyavat and that there is a dynamic because there is a, a constant grow, and actually if one would accept that a hmm. constant more amazement. This is between the Gopis and Krishna, but this should also be in the soul. So from where is this tendency coming, Um, not feeling fascinated for revolution and why we are, when this is like one of the main topics of personalism, Mm -hmm. the constant change and ever newness of fascination, why we are in a specific tradition of Gaudiya Vaishnavism when some small details are changed, then it's the tradition normally doesn't answer with happiness. No.
1: The tradition normally
0: is not responding <laughs> with happiness, ah, ah, but ah, with ah. a threat and sometimes even aggression. Are you sure that's going on, Krishna Chandra? Yeah. Ja. Wenn das so die Grundlage ist, von Person zu sein, ist es ja, ständig neu fasziniert zu sein und die Dynamik der Seele zu Gott und ist eine Dynamik von immer neuem Veränderung und Wechsel. Da müsste doch eine ständige Faszination für Revolution, für Veränderung sein. Woher kommt die... Die, die Eigenschaft in uns, nicht freudig zu sein für Revolution, für völlige Umkehr, und nicht freudig zu sein, warum in eine Tradition, wenn das die Grundlage ist von Persönlichkeit, warum es in, in einer Tradition, wenn man mal kleine Details geändert werden, reagiert die Tradition nicht mit riesiger Freude, sondern mit behal, so behalten wollen. Mm. So where is st- the why though we, we are not all constantly fascinated for revolution and why the tradition is yeah. sometimes not really encouraging, even the slightest change, it's a, a conservative.
1: Yeah. Can I share a few yeah, words sure. from here in this connection? Because the fourth chapter of this book is called A Living School of Prophets. That's my Living School of Prophets like a prophet. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a way of saying... Sure sa- the prophet. For me, that's another way of saying sampradaya. Mm-hmm. No? It has to be a living school. And prophet, prophet doesn't just you do are shakti Sabatar, but the word prophet means you are speaking in the name of God. You are representing mm-hmm. that dynamic. Mm-hmm. That means to be a member of the sampradaya. So I was trying to find... Something in particular. Any glasses? No, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you younger brother. <laughs> in a few years, uh, uh-huh. I will be still your younger brother, but all, older myself, yeah. So. so so, I say, a brief introduction, I'll say some words. So, Transcendence is unlimited. It's certain- yeah, read li- slowly. Yes. Transcendence is unlimited, which means we are called to ever new horizons of understanding. We are we are to keep pace, you know what that expression in English? Keep pace with an ever evolving reality.
0: That we are... <laughs>
1: We are to keep pace with an ever-evolving reality that we are part of, with an ever-evolving God we are tied to, and thereby with an ever-evolving tradition through which these very principles are revealed to us. Mm -hmm. Thus, the tradition needs to remain ever-evolving if it's to accurately represent an ever-evolving proposal, such as Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Uh, in this way, the business of the prophet is to keep up with the pace of transcendence. Mm. A pace that is persistent. Do you want to translate something? Aufgabe
0: des is Immer wieder Neuerung zu schaffen, immer wieder die erweiternde ewige Wirklichkeit
1: hier lebendig zu halten. So, the business of a prophet is to keep up with the pace of transcendence, a pace that is persistent, mysterious, uninterrupted, and mostly happening outside of the comfort zone. So (laughs) <laughs> so in regard in relation to your question basically I'm saying that yeah our tradition has that proposal as that Swarup ever evolving but not not every official member of the tradition is a living member of the tradition no. I mean, you can subscribe to a tradition fish externally you even receive the name you have the Label, you have your name, you're a your card carrying member, as they say in English. You have your card, like I'm part of the tradition. I received initiation that day. I was put some burned stuff here. I was, I, I threw a banana in the fire. Someone gave me a name. <laughs> so, so I'm member. I remember formally you're a member, but substantially, that's a different thing. You know? So, and there are levels of all that. So, I will say that. As you agree, and that's one of the main uh, inspirations, so to say, that also it took me to write this book. Not like, in principle, in essence, we are such a dynamic, revolutionary tradition, in essence, in principle. Why, well, but in how that is represented by its members, not all, but most, <laughs> or many, I found such a huge gap there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even we we will talk about that. We can <laughs> render lip service to the idea, the glory of God, the Abhinavisn. From the mouth out that counts, but from the mouth in. In my experience, and I'm not pointing at anyone in particular, or or I'm pointing to me to begin with. No, I have to be strict with myself. Uh, yeah, so many times we can find this tendency, this apathy, not this tendency to not keeping up with the pace of transcendence and but just setting in status quo, comfort zone, all these perks, position. Okay, here I am, I'm saved already, I'm on the on the side of the saved ones, no, as we talked yesterday, I fit in. But belonging is a different thing than fitting in. Mm-hmm. So there's so much conformism and mediocrity and complacency. And it's dangerous because with the spiritual language, we can justify so many things. Mm-hmm. No? So now you are you learn a little bit the lingo, the, the words, what to say what to reply, which is the answer to every question, so to say. And then you feel, I'm correct. I'm saved. I'm done. I don't need to change. I don't need to continue. I'm settled. And that's the exact opposite of what Krishna Bhakti is. <laughs> Krishna Bhakti is unsettling by nature, so to say. It's inviting to... That's the very role of the guru. The role of the guru should be to, to take the student outside of the comfort zone in a sustainable way, of course. No, Not like extreme. But when the student starts to think, I know, now I understood, the guru will have to don't be so sure that you fully understand how come you say, "I fully understood this no Ananta Dev is still trying to figure out what who Krishna is and cannot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and that's in all traditions, of course, this not only in our tradition. this is a principle that you will find that if you will if you will be mystics, a few will be like, Sarah Grahi in Bhakti you know, Thakur's words. As sense seekers. Mm, thank you. And majorities will be more for the fundamentalist. Yeah, let's call it that. Why not? <laughs> no, more narrow-minded, fanatical, or not condemning them, just what how things are. In majority and minority. So you have the mystical participants, the more formal ones, the one more. Um, yeah, subscribing to a belonging system, so to say mm-hmm. on the ones who are really searching for the living thing, so to say, and generally sometimes there will be a little clash between the two groups because mm-hmm. bhakti Takur, in his own words, he will say, generally the Kanishta bhakta and the Madhyam bhakta will be clashing mm-hmm. because what the ma kanishta means the like beginner's practitioner, and Madhya means an intermediate practitioner, more more looking for progress. And they will be clashing because what for what the Kanishka thinks this is this is the thing, the Madhyam is challenging that and thinks no, that's not this is it. And they will like what nourishes one is suffocating the other, so to
0: say. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that will happen always it's not that okay what's the button to press so everything is like you know? so we have to learn how to coexist with that thing, with maturity with compassion understanding each one's stage without condemning anyone but just understanding how things happen you raise your hand also
2: so eine nachfrage noch yeah. zu deiner aber auch in Bezug zu dem, was er erläutert hat, auch zur Persönlichkeit,
0: also wirklich Persönlichkeit.
2: Ob das nicht auch damit zu tun hat, aus was für ein Selbstverständnis, Tradition, auch wirklich gelebt wird, also ob das Gegenüber auch wirklich ähm, ermächtigt wird, im Verständnis von wirklich einzigartig und persönlich zu sein, ähm, also darin eine Ermächtigung erfährt,
0: ist innerhalb
2: der, der Tradition, dass ja, man auch ist wirklich als Tradition etwas really
0: empowering you to be really a person or is it,
1: oder sie dich religiert? I mean, me in particular, ja. no, anyone. Huh? Anyone, ja, not me in particular, no, no, but any no. person. Ja, ja,
0: ja.
2: Limitiert im Hinblick auf, dass die Tradition dann so
1: and the tradition, you know,
0: become a, a limited, like, like suffocating, suffocate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. huh? something like this, or is it really empowering? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it should be empowering. No, It, it should be empowering, a, a, a genuine tradition. Again, a tradition is a living thing. No? Tradition is not some old thing in the past that is always the same so a a tradition is a living tradition and a living tradition should be creating living members and that means empowering people not disempowering although i accept that in many cases tradition ends up disempowering people Mm -hmm. instead of empowering them just trying to tell them do like this and do like that be like this be a nice one this is the way to Behave what not to do, don't go there, don't listen there, don't think too much, mm-hmm. and you will be saved and give your monthly donation or whatever <laughs> instead of explore, no, like mm-hmm. Srila Prabhupada will say, I want all my disciples to be independent, thoughtful people. That's dangerous <laughs> for the status quo, no, to have to promote independent thinking. So, but the genuine tradition, of course, there are stages and members of the tradition in the beginning may need to be more like this. So tradition has to know how to deal with the stage of every person. So in the beginning, it will be more fanatical, narrow-minded. It's, there's a license for that in the kindergarten stage. <laughs> you can be a little bit like, this is the only thing, this is the unique, this is it. But in time, you start to, oh... It is not only black and white. There is so much in between, so much nuance. So a tradition should be empowering each, each member in every stage of their practice. You know? So if you are a beginner and you need to be a little bit more fanatic, tradition will empower you in that sense, so to say, accompany you. But when you are ready to reach the next shore, tradition should be... And empowering means sometimes challenging no empowering is not only like like i will give you like whatever no empowering sometimes is inviting you outside of your normal way of thinking outside of the comfort zone it, it, it will not feel as empowering <laughs> it will feel like overwhelming like what's going on this is uncomfortable but it will be done with support and accompanying and gradually will be wow so empowering I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm maturing, I'm discovering other things that, in the beginning were difficult to accommodate. But when I start to accommodate and harmonize, wow, I feel that I'm expanding so much. At every stage of one's process, tradition should empower us. so so we should, yeah, be be careful that even if we have institutions and all this like big expansion, That shouldn't happen at the cost Mm -hmm. of empowering each individual member Mm -hmm. because that's the purpose of the tradition, to have empowered individuals, not to have disempowered masses of people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's easy, relatively easy to get. It's more difficult to get one empowered being than to get one million disempowered Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people that think in the same way. And that's comparatively easy. It's externally, it seems more. Wow, so much people. <laughs> where is empowering? And the real sharing of the message is through empowering. Krishna Shakti Vinanahi Tare says Chaitanya Charitamrita. Unless you are empowered, you cannot share this. And again, empowered doesn't mean you have to be some avatar coming from Golok. It means you have to be a living member with a living connection to a living. Tradition <laughs> and the tradition itself should be promoting that. If not, that's not the tradition. That's a facade, <laughs> prison. That's a facade. Of, it seems like the tradition, but it's something else. That happens a lot. It seems go the Abajianabism, but as you say, it's a prison house. It's a shack, foot shackle. It seems mercy. It's something else. No? Like sometimes, it seems surrender.
0: It's called dependency <laughs> perhaps
1: in cases it seems parampara but actually i'm passing unresolved trauma to the next generation <laughs> You need translation, but maybe you won't, don't want that translation, that may be
0: too much. Again, I'm not saying
1: this is happening everywhere, but it's happening. Uh, we need to name and frame to point at those things, because if not, we normalize that. That becomes a standard. No? So if we don't know the difference, then we will take one thing for another. Mm-hmm. And we will convince, I'm following very nicely yeah. and strictly yeah. go yeah. the Vaishnavism, and maybe you're in prison, as he mentioned. <laughs> so it's important that we have a clear vision of what, what is what. And that's empowering. Again, proper vision, it's empowering, no? to see through the proper eyes. So... I don't know if that answers your question, helps. Okay. So, just to conclude, because today I was supposed to talk about Srimati radical personalism. And I mean, all this is connected to that. Please don't think that this has nothing to do. It's very connected because, again, for me, radical personalism ultimately has to do with exploring who we are as persons. And all this has its root in God Himself. Again, no, we, we we call sometimes Krishna how? The Supreme Personality of Godhead. No? That's radically personal. Supreme Personality of God. It's not God. It's the Supreme Personality of God. No? So that's very personal. No? There are personal traditions, other Vaishnava traditions, but I like to call my tradition, our tradition, radically personal because we don't only speak about the Godhead, but the supreme personality, not, the pers- not Godhead, not even the personality of Godhead, but the supreme personality of Godhead. That's very specific, you know? very personal, very unique. And of course, we could say that, and that's referred to Krishna, but we know that Krishna cannot be Krishna without she who makes him, who he is so to say <laughs> if you take radha out of the equation you no longer have krishna if you take the shakti out of shaktiman he be, he becomes brahman undifferentiated absolute so she makes him who he is as we mentioned and you know this famous lila where where krishna disappears from for the, from the rasa mandal the rasa dance and all the gopis start to run after him look for him search for him and krishna wants to play a joke on them so he manifests as chaturbuch four-armed narayan with conch shell like mace mace you say. all this paraphernalia so the gopis <laughs> shirada was not in that first group so the first group means krishna i mean narayan They meet God, basically. For the gopis in Braj, Narayan is God. Krishna is not God. Krishna is something else. He's God beyond God. (laughs) So they meet God, Narayan, and the gopis are looking for Krishna. So the only question they have to present Mm -hmm. to Narayan is, okay, you are God, so it means you are omniscient. So it means you know everything. So if you know everything, where is (laughs) Krishna? That's the only thing we need to know. Can you tell us where Krishna? And Krishna is there, this guy that's Narayan, like astonished at like the bhakti of this gopis is like such that that's the only question they have to ask I mean, about me, even if God appears. <laughs> so he doesn't reply because he's kind of in <laughs> Chamatkar, also like, wow, this bhakti is so the gopis is like. God is not replying, so let's continue looking yeah. Krishna ourselves. And they continue running and they leave God behind. <laughs> but then comes Sri and she stands in front of Narayan, quote unquote, but her love is such and her love makes Krishna who he is, that Krishna cannot keep the four arms in front of her because his form is the result of her love. So the two, two arms... Sh- shrink and the two remaining arms go well as you see here he enters three banga, curved in three and, and the like the point is that her presence her love makes him adopt that unique form now, so if he's the supreme personality of godhead of course she's the supreme personality of the goddess we could say he's Swayam bhagavan she's Swayam bhagavati mm-hmm. And, of course, her love is such, so unique, so specific, and and makes Krishna who he is, that Krishna at one point becomes, at one point in eternity, (laughs) becomes curious to explore that. So what's the nature of her love that makes me who I am? She's so attracted to my beauty, but my beauty comes as a result of her love. So Mm. what's her love? What's her experience? What's her happiness in connect? What she perceives in me? And, and as you know, all these questions start to torture Krishna in a transcendental way. <laughs> I need to experience that. And that's, of course, takes Krishna to appear and manifest as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is like, in one sense, the deity of radical personalism. Who is Krishna in the mood of Sri Radhika. You know, and in that sense, it becomes radical personalism. Uh, so I, I want to share one section from the book that I want, a few paragraphs in connection to this, if you allow me. So that's why I made the play of words between radical personalism and Srimati, radical personalism, because starting from God himself, there is radical personalis- personalism, radical personality there. <coughs> Yeah. Okay. So I'll read just one paragraph, or maybe two. I, I, I do, I, I translate for everyone. So then I will read from parts and you repeat. Yeah, like one sentence like this. Huh? Yeah, you like yeah. It? Since the form of Gaurahari has all to do with Krishna tasting himself from the vantage point of Radhika,
0: so while... <coughs> Wer ist Chaitanya Mahabharu?
1: Es ist Krishna, der sich selber kosten möchte, aus dem Standpunkt von Shemati Radharani. We can then further connect the notion of radical with the very person of Radhika.
0: So können wir diese Bewegung von <coughs> radikal wirklich in Verbindung setzen mit Radhika.
1: You also say in German radical. Yeah. Okay. In Spanish also we say radical. So it's very universal. Yeah. Yeah. Already like Sanskrit. (laughs) (laughs) So it is she who, to her very core and at her very root, is exclusively preoccupied with the highest peaks of divine love. As you see, the.
0: And in is love.
1: A love which in itself is the very root of existence. Und
0: diese Liebe von ist eigentlich die Grundlage, die Wurzel aller Existenz.
1: In this way, Sri Radha becomes the ultimate personification of that love to such a degree that God himself wants to fully relish her experience. So,
0: diese Liebe in allem is <clears> so extrem anziehend, dass selbst <throat> Gott selber begierig wird, die Erfahrung von dieser Liebe
1: selber zu kosten. In this way, radical personalism can be another way of referring to and honoring the radical person of Sri Radhika.
0: That is das ist radikales person-sein tatsächlich immer in Bezug gesetzt werden zur Person von Shirmati Radhika.
1: Uh, to honour in the radical person of Shri Radhika, her radical love and mm-hmm. how the sweet absolute himself decides to honour that love in his most radical form of Shri Gauravri. Mm-hmm. Und uh,
0: der Allerhöchste möchte diese Liebe von Shirmati von der Radicals Liebe von <coughs> Shirmati Radika. And this deswegen ist diese Gestalt Gottes, Chaitanya Mahabra, die radikalste Form Gottes.
1: At this highly theological zenith, we mm. thus find radical personalism exploding into radical personalism or in other words, Srimati radical personalism. Das gibt also
0: wie eine Explosion hinein in. Nicht sein, can I read one more paragraph? Sure,
1: sure. yeah Okay. You need to read what I'm reading? Oh, yeah. Okay. Here is a simple daily example so we can further glimpse this complex theme.
0: So, it's a very simple,
1: this complex theme. We are hardwired for connection and we each see the world through the stories we tell ourselves.
0: Die wir
1: if we want to successfully connect with each other, rather than project on each other, we will have to learn each other's story. <coughs>
0: Kolonialismus, die eigenen Sachen über die andere rüber zu projizieren, sondern wirklich in eine Begegnung gehen darf man wie die Geschichte des anderen verstehen.
1: This is the very purpose of true dialogue, to step into the other person's story, to see how they see the world.
0: Oder langsam diese Empathie zu entwickeln, wie jemand anders, was seine Geschichte ist, wie er die Welt sieht und das langsam verstehen zu wollen.
1: Das ist die Grundlage von wirklichem Dialog. And why is this true? Because this is true for God himself.
0: And why is this an axiomatic Wahrheit? Because it is true for God.
1: His most complete complete connection to the point of losing himself was achieved when he stepped fully into the story of Sri Radhika.
0: When he he so weit that er all seine position is to Er ins von möchte, dann
1: Again, this is Srimati Radical Personalism in the context of <laughs> Radical Personalism. Das
0: eben Radik, Sein.
1: Das ist äh, Accordingly, when Godia Bhaisnaps look look at the evolution of theism in the India subcontinent. When man evolution in uh, <coughs> they clearly notice recognize a, no, a noticeable pattern which goes from nihilism to impersonalism oder dann findet man tatsächlich eine
0: evolution vom nihilismus des buddhisten, Buddhism. Huh? Mm-hmm. Zu
1: and then from varieties of personalism to the ultimate converging point of radical personalism.
0: Uh-huh. Und dann bis hin zu von
1: In other words, they identify the pronouns unfolding from Buddha's nihilistic
0: zero, oh, oh, 0,
1: to Shankara's impersonal and monistic one. To Shankara's monistic one. i from Ramanuja's personal 1, and qualified one. Und von Ramanujas
0: einem Eins, der bereit sich auszudehnen und auszuweiten. To Madhvas to
1: metaphysical two. Uh, Madhvas Charyas metaphysical two. Finally, according to Gaudias. This numeric progression explodes and finds its zenith in the 108 shades of radical personalism proposed and exposed by Sri Gaur Hari through his own example inner experience. Well, and then
0: it's like in 108, <laughs> that is the explosion in person, in the form of living Austausch, das durch through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu
1: wird. Shri Satchinan oh. Hariki, <laughs> So a few words finally about the connection between Srimati, radical personalism, and the title of my book, yeah. So, any other questions before we conclude today? Because I have another Spanish lecture in a few hours, so I, I may not be expanding this morning like, like usual. <laughs>
3: yes. <clears throat> it's just more of understanding an argument. Uh, what you mentioned before that yeah, um, I have the free will to do whatever I want and say like, oh, it's um, anyhow, I'm not the doer, Paramatma is the doer. Why, why one cannot bring this as an argument? like um yeah it's written in the Shasta and we can um explain it in that way that Paramatma is doing everything I'm not the doer and so why one cannot leg- legitimate one's action with that argument that I can I can be a serial killer yeah. or I can do whatever I want and I say like oh, it was
1: not me. It was Paramatma. Why one cannot uh, use this as an argument? Well, first because uh, <clears throat> first because we cannot do whatever we want. I mean, if you want to just jump on the window and fly like a bird, you but cannot. That's
3: an extreme example, but, like for example, but
1: whatever we we're, whatever we want means whatever we want. That's what I want to clarify first. No, it's not an extreme example. It's just. If I say, I can do whatever I want, that implies anything. So I'm clarifying, we cannot do anything we want. I mean, we have limitations if you want to, again, fly in the sky or survive under the ocean or so many things. Actually, if we start to think there are so many things we cannot do. (laughs) So in that sense, I'm making the point we cannot just do anything. That said, the point of the serial killer (laughs) Actually, in the scripture, it's not said that Paramatma is the only doer. Mm-hmm. Actually, Jiva Goswami mentions, for example, in, in, in Paramatma Sandharva, which is the treatise on Paramatma, officially speaking, he makes this long list of 21 qualities of the soul. I won't torture you with each of one, each of those now, but one of them is Kartritwa, which means the soul has agency. I don't know if it's clear in English for you. Agency, what does it mean? Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah.
1: And actually, Paramatma is mostly depicted as a passive witness Mm -hmm. in the heart of everyone. Like the famous example from the Upanishads of the two birds and one tasting the fruit and the other one just watching waiting for the other to look back to him and here I am. So it's not that 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 the scriptures say that Paramatma is the the only doer, at least. Again, uh, we could say, okay, God is an influence in every action, but when we may say God's presence is an influence, doesn't mean that it doesn't take away our free will completely, so we can ascribe full responsibility to him whatever is happening because again if that's the implication then we have no free will and of course if someone gets to that point and there's people in other philosophical trends which will say that which will say of course there is no soul there is no and of course that's morally complicated because you can do whatever you want and I i was the other day watching an interview with a uh, Richard Dawkins, he's like a, one of the main atheistic proposers, activists. I will say, <laughs> he wrote this book called "Book Called the God's Delusion." <laughs> yeah, so he basically says we are all—I mean, we are all just atoms put together, bumping with each other, taking different forms. So someone asked him, "So according to your philosophy, this is the exact same thing if I go and rape your daughter?" And that I eat, eat an ice cream? We say yes. <laughs> so you can imagine what's the the potential to having those types of outlooks, no? because there's nobody there for him. There's no individual. There's no moral responsibility, and that it's a dangerous philosophy. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 it basically. No, on one side, it's not that we can do everything and anything. And on the other side, scripture very clearly said, since your question, if I understood correctly, is what on based on what Shastra says, Shastra clearly over and over again repeats that the soul is an agent of action. Because if that wouldn't be there, we cannot talk about the soul, we cannot talk about the person and individual. And Pramatma's role is more like a passive witness who accompanies us, supports us, but not impose himself upon us because again respects our free will <laughs> because the goal is love but love is voluntary it's a voluntary choice if we wouldn't have a choice in, in loving krishna how, how loving is that <laughs> you understand if i told you okay the goal of life is is love to love to love, Krishna. imagine I'm Krishna, just as an example. I'm not, gonna, I tell you, okay, the goal of life is to love me. Okay. Um, so, I'm, is there any other option? No.
2: Mm.
1: So, it's like, how loving that is. She's <laughs> no? like telling you, like, okay, love me. <laughs> no option, no second option. It's not love. So, we need free will to voluntarily decide. I'm loving that person. So that means agency. That means we are agents of action. And that's one of the intrinsic qualities of the Atma. kartritva. yeah. So yeah, do not become serial killers, please. You don't have a shastric support for that. Just in case you were thinking about that. <laughs> that's not the legal job. <laughs> yes. Okay. something else before concluding today
2: so, maybe just uh, still on the same topic what is in our know, control or not I've always heard that verse I don't remember where it comes from like no, nothing can uh, even a blade of grace won't move without Krishna's will something like that
1: yeah Technically speaking, that's not a verse. That's yes. like in saying in India. Oh. <laughs> which oh, okay. which with this I don't want to like downplay it, but sometimes that's not exactly the same thing to say, okay, this shastra right, I heard from But the, the idea here is his supreme controller, as I mentioned, but again, supreme controller doesn't mean that nobody has will, nobody has agency. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he's supervisor of everything, basically. Mm -hmm. But he's given free will to us. Mm -hmm. That's not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So if if a blade is moving, yeah, a blade of grass is moving. Krishna is aware of that. Krishna is allowing that to happen. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that whatever we are doing, Krishna is forcing us to do that, that we are not choosing that. Because, again, that that will take us to not take responsibility for anything. Maybe
0: one can say also yeah. that
1: <clears throat>
0: it's true that the Atma is incapable to move matter. It cannot. It doesn't have this power because it's God's energy. But if I want, and I have a freedom of what I want to do, and if I want to do some things... Paramatma, who is sitting near you, he says, I'm your servant. It's one way. So I'm acting that what you direct as a soul. So then, it's my will, Mm. but he's the mover. Mm. But this is the reason my Paramatma cannot be the ultimate aspect of God. Because he is like the servant of the Jiva. Mm. You know, and In Chaitanya Chaitamita, it's even mentioned the pain of Paramatma. It's painful for him. He knows what will be the reaction or what will come to you. But you know, he's still doing, helping you with that. So that's why we approach Krishna. And we don't say, you know, I'm putting my desires on you and you have to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. And now I come. I want to serve according to you, and this is becomes the greatest freedom for the soul.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, say like yeah, this? yeah. Yeah, we could say also that whatever is happening, you ultimately, ideally, tends toward, from the bigger picture, toward Krishna's pleasure. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, he's under the control of everything. In the sense that even if we do something in any other direction, the loss of this world will come to us in a way that it will take us to that Mm -hmm. and in that sense he's controlling everything that controlling by attraction again he's the supreme attractor Mm -hmm. so everything goes naturally to him and whenever we don't want to go there reality will through karma through mercy whatever agency Mm -hmm. like in complement to what you mentioned yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's giving us, I mean, it didn't. It never began at one point in time, but we exist, we, are, we owe our eternal existence to, to God, so to say. So even if we have free will, <laughs> it's not that I created my own free will. So in that sense, you can say he's controlling everything, no? it's allowing that to happen. Jonathan. Yes, I have a question also kind of related to this. Um, Maybe I accept this last question in the sense that I'm really in hurry, in, in, in time, but we will have yeah yeah more time. Okay. try to keep it short, and I'm not so sure about the question. So forgive any mistakes. But I've heard in a lecture that um, some jivas are from the start in kind of. Vraj. Mm-hmm. Some jivas are from the start in Vaikunda, and some jivas are in Tatashtra. So in this marginal energy, so all of us we came from Tatashtra. But that's it, a long topic. <laughs> so yeah, my, my first book is partially on that topic. Uh, it's a long topic. So, you yeah, what's the question? You have a question or just some clarification on that? Yes, when I heard this, I I thought that why is there a difference of um, Mm -hmm. origin source? How God treats Mm -hmm. Jivas in Mm -hmm. different... Okay, I'll try to reply briefly because this requires... And I will clarify there are differences of opinion in our community about this. (laughs) So I may be saying something that may be sounding contradictory to what you heard from someone else. And I don't want to sound like I'm here trying to defeat anyone or I'm like, I'll try try to say some things according to Shastra, not according to my own opinion. But. Go into what Shastra says, and it's again, I will say something, and probably you will have 108 more questions to what I'm saying, and that's great. We'll continue talking about that later. But according to Shastra, the, the, the reply to, in our particular case, let's begin there to our origin or source or beginning is there is no beginning. The word used in Shastra is anadi. Anadi means no beginning. Adi means beginning, Anadi means no beginning. So basically means there's no beginning to our conditioning, which in itself is difficult to understand because we cannot think about things without beginning. Although we are we have no beginning. In other traditions, at least certain parts of other traditions like Christianity, Abrahamic traditions, they may think more about we have been created at one point in time. We didn't exist, and we started existing, but that's not our philosophy. The soul has no beginning, the soul has no end. And material existence has no beginning and has no end. I mean, there are cycles of creation and destruction, but the cycles never have a beginning. (laughs) No, You can go Bhagavad Gita, verse 20, chapter 13 and specifically the purpose of Baladevi Devotion and Bhishmanachakavarati Krishna Chandra, will help finding those. <laughs> and then it is said, Krishna used the word anadi. Says so This whole material creation is without beginning. The jivas are without beginning. And therefore the connection between the two, if the two are without beginning, the connection between the two is without beginning. <laughs> That's called anadi karma. So... Again, this is what I'm saying, but based on Shastra, we are not coming from a Tatasta region, because there is no Tatasta region. There's nowhere in Shastra that is being spoken about the Tatasta region. We are Tatasta Shakti, we. But Tatasta Shakti is is who we are as a Shakti. It's not like a geographical place from where we are coming. That said, different acharyas have said what you mentioned, and I tried to deal with that in my first book. not this is the second. Trying to understand why sometimes acharyas have said things that seem to contradict what Shastra says. Or even sometimes they say two different things in different moments that seem to contradict what they themselves say. A famous example will be Srila Prabhupada saying we fell from Vaikuntha. I don't know if you knew that, Jonathan. But he said a few times we fell from the spiritual world. We were in the lila with Krishna but well, we came here. And then in another section, he said, it is a fact that nobody can fall from there. So you cannot going to take the two. <laughs> no? It's not like, oh, today, Friday, I take this. Tomorrow, Saturday, I, I feel more taking the other version. No? You have to actually harmonize apparent contradictions and understand what else, depending on the, uh, the qualification of the audience. Sometimes he may have to say something to make it more easy for them to understand. You are... Re- facing a Western psychology which may think more in terms of beginnings. And if you say like anadi karma or something, it's like too much. They will become too disturbed and not be able to 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 take the other things that he wants to give. So sometimes we find these things throughout the history of our tradition. Uh, so that's one thing. So my point is still there is your question because you have also like someone like Yashoda, Nanda Maharaj. Lalita, Vishaka, Suval, Madhu Manga. They are not Tathastha Shakti. They are not conditioned beings. They are made of Swarup Shakti and they are eternal associates of Krishna. So they never been conditioned. We call them Siddhas. We are called Vadas. And someone may ask, so why Krishna made it like that? And my reply is, Krishna didn't make anything. Because that is exists since without beginning. You follow? It's not that Krishna said, okay, I will decide now. These souls will this go to Golok. There's no that beginning point. Our mind tends to go there over and over again, but why he did it like he didn't do like he didn't do anything in one sense. He's already all that is eternally existing. God exists eternally, all his potencies exist eternally. He's not creating Maya Shakti, creating Tatasta Shakti, creating... The energetic and the energies exist eternally. So the important thing is how he relates, how God relates to what what already exists. Not so much why he created... He didn't create anything. Do you follow my point? I see some smoke coming from some people. (laughs) yeah that's part of the process yes. mm-hmm. and, and and if you don't understand, it's okay also, just in case, don't feel like, oh, I'm not understanding, I'm not and sometimes this type of replies you need to ruminate, like to chew on that and may take years. It may not be the time for you to think about this also. I mean, I'm just sharing the answer to Jonathan's question, but don't feel bad if it's like this is going beyond above your head, so to say. But generally, the idea is that, no? I mean, everything already exists. (laughs) And that's unlimited also. That's my point. You say, okay, because some devotees sometimes think, okay, there is some number of jivas. What will happen when all of them get liberated? Will the world become empty? (laughs) And the answer is, there is an unlimited number of jivas. Unlimited. (laughs) And again, we cannot deal generally with unlimited here. Be- without beginning, without end, unlimited. But that's what Shastra say, what m- mentions in regarding this topic, Anadi. There is no beginning to the conditioning. And um, rather exists eternally, of course, she has. Just shows exists eternally because if they do not exist eternally, Krishna will not exist eternally. <laughs> because as we say, Krishna, Brajak Krishna is, the result, is, com- is a result of the love he's receiving from them. So he needs the Nitya parikars. Nitya means eternally there. So we are not to judge God for what he created because he didn't create anything, but with how he relates with everyone, how we see he relates with everything perfectly. He relates through mercy with those who want to take shelter in him. He relates through the agency of karma with those who do not want to surrender to him directly, but karma gradually takes them the conclusion i need mercy so he's perfectly relating to all of his shaktis basically so he, my point is he's not to blame no, don't blame Krishna for anything the conclusion is i have to take personal responsibility from where i am now and i have free will to decide from now on where i want to be and that's the whole lecture but many of us do not like to have take responsibility but that's the price for being an individual. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to take responsibility, your individuality is taken away from you. Yeah. And, and again, we went back to impersonalism. Yeah. <laughs> to be a person means you are responsible. And it's like responsible for each act, decision. And that's not bad, but that's how it works. That's included in the combo, in the packaging, so to say.
3: I, I Thank have you. A yes, no question. A yes, no question? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um is this a reason? I mean we, we hear it many times that we cannot deal with uh this concept of uh, without the beginning and innumerable. We cannot not, and is this the reason why we cannot why we don't have any concept of that or why we cannot understand that because um experience with the material nature is like nothing we experience that with whatever we are uh, getting in connection we get separated that the mm. connection or union never lasts forever and separation is always to happen that we uh, because this is the experience um, therefore we don't understand infinity and innumerable, and the second also argument um, why we don't understand, it's because um, we know inherently that this being conditioned will one day come to an end. And because it's somehow, yeah, that we have been always conditioned From time immemorial, or that's the wrong word, but
1: time without beginning,
3: the time without beginning, we have been conditioned, but we know inherently that one day this will come to an end and then we are no more conditioned. And because this is also like uh, subconscious knowledge in us Mm. that this is not the reality and. That what is associated with that unreal reality is caused by the material mind and therefore we cannot understand Mm. what is Mm. infinite and what is
1: innumerable. Let's say yes. (laughs) Of course, I'm not limiting what you measure, but there are some, we could say, and other reasons sometimes it is just say that we are so at the present stage we are so trapped by thinking about things with the beginning and end three-dimensional physical we are not fully aware of infinity so when we hear these words still there are words for us we may not have the, and that's why the scripture you have these verses like a chintya kaloya bhavana tamstar kina yet like those things which are achinty in nature, a means inconceivable, and inconceivable means beyond our present capacities to grasp reality. So Srila Sh- 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 Jiva Goswami writes in, in the commentary of Paramatma Sandharva Shastrika Ganatwam and so on. Like those things which are a inconceivable in nature cannot be understood by our logic, our mind, but can be uh, understood by going to Shastra. So, unconceivable doesn't mean you cannot understand them. It means you cannot understand them in the usual way you understand things. <laughs> so, there has to be a separate method to understand the inconceivable, and, and that's what Shastra says. Shastra is Shastra is the method to to that. Anyhow, some words apart from the Yes. <laughs> but again these are things to mm-hmm. let themselves like how to say ma- marinate mm-hmm. <laughs> and again for some of us may not be urgent to go into that direction and don't feel forced Look, I have to become expert in that or something but also for some people this is a genuine concern there is place for them asking that no? because sometimes I've heard people saying "Oh, that topic is not important for, for you Yeah, for me it's not okay but if it's important for someone else you have to allow that person go in there and it's okay there is place for every every one of us is in different stages of our journey and every one of us will have main priorities and questions and needs and it's perfect and it's perfect to allow everyone else's also questions and needs so so i'm sharing all these questions that I must, I'm answering today, and all these days we will be answering. Some of you will connect more with some, some others is like, oh, I it's the same for me. I don't care some, and it. There is a place for that also. Just for any of, for all of you not to feel like forced to having to be equally passionate about the same aspects of this unlimited tradition. <laughs> Anyhow, thank you so much for your time, thank for your patience, your questions, your hearing, your association, your friendship, and uh, Sri Sachinandan Gaur Hari ki jai, Sri Shri Shri Gaur Gadadhar ji ki jai, Sri Shri Radha Govind ji ki jai, Sri Hari Prabhu ki jai, Gaur Bhaktobandh ki jai, Gaur Pramana. Anca
0: kalpataru vishaya
1: we yeah, sure. yeah. sure. yeah. and then... Yeah. Seven-